Hey guys, happy Saturday. I'm not recording this on a Saturday, but by the time you get this, it will be Saturday. Anywho, I want to do this a little different because Friday was just too good to kind of incorporate it for the rest of the week. So we're just going to do a standalone for Friday and then recap the rest of the week. Um, Luke was all over this episode. He was all over it. We got fighting. We got ashes. We got angst. We got sadness. We got laughed. We got it all. We got Charlie's. We got Kelly's. We got the Haunted Star. I mean, we got it all. We were just missing the hospital. But um, let's get into it. Heavy hitters. Heavy hitters in this episode. Vets. Legends. They were all in this episode. Uh, minus a few, but you know, they everyone made for a good recipe for Friday's episode. Um, first of all, can we just get can we just like start with Sunny at Charlie's having a shot in memory of Luke? It just reminds me right now. I know he's manic, I know he's going through it, and right now his vice is alcohol. But it just reminded me of like a 20-01 year old girl. Like any reason to have a drink, any excuse to have a drink <laughs> when you know when they first start drinking. Um He's funny, though. And I'm a little shocked that Phyllis was in this episode, really had nothing to say, and really didn't notice that he was a little out of character. Unless right now everyone just thinks uh, he's just sad over what's going on between him and Carly. Don't know, but while he's having a shot, Carly's having coffee with her mom. Um, good, Good scenes. You know, we got a little bit of some background with Bobby and Luke, which is very sad, but the way Bobby explained it and her acting in it all was just so good. Like you just really got the sense of just a sister brother bond there. You know, she was like, it was our second chance at life, second chance to kind of take over. And like she said, it may have, may not have been the best beginning, but it was the best ending basically. So that was really good. And Carly kind of got to vent to her mom about what's going on. And again, she hits very good points about, you know, he doesn't realize Nina's the problem. And he doesn't, you know, I want to be first. If he can't put me and his family first, then is there a marriage to save? Which made me really sad because there is. You know, Sonny's home. He's home. The kids are home. Your marriage, everything is home. And Sonny's just as much to blame, yes. And I agree with a lot of things Carly has said, and we'll get into what she said through the rest of the week. However, you know, it takes two to tango. He was in the wrong for doing what he did, but he wants to work it out. I guess she's confused whether she does want to work it out or not, but she's not going to know if she just stays away from him. I don't know. I don't know. We'll get into all that. But, um... I'm just so confused when she says, you know, I want Sunny to put us first. I want, like, what does that entail, I guess? Um, he already said he wasn't a victim, so he can't go back to court and say, hold up, I, my wife's mad at me, I want to get her back. Hold up, I was a victim, lock me up. He can't do that, obviously, right now. And, I mean, he can't take back the time, the nine months either. So I just want to know what that entails. He's honest about him having some sort of feelings towards Nina, which he says are residual feelings, but they haven't went away. Um, so I don't know what she's looking for, but it, they had some cute scenes on the docks. Um, you know, him putting her arm out, his arm out. She was just not having it, which eek. 
Um, and then them at the boat, you know, where he takes her hand and you see him grip it. Cause I was looking at her, did rewind it a few times. And then you see like her hand kind of, she didn't tug away, but we'll see what happens on Monday. So not a lot of dialogue between them, really. It was more about, you know, let's just do this for Luke. Um, and again, Laura Wright is just so good at what she does that would, without saying a lot, she's saying so much. So good scenes, good scenes there. Then we have Sonny. Again, we're back at the bar. He's kind of going through it. Um, venting to Dante, who's been his soundboard in all of this. And, you know, just Dante is all of us right now. Nina, all caps, is the problem. What don't you get? And I guess he's more focused on other things. Like he just, I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to distract everyone away from Nina and just like, leave her alone, leave her alone. Like, let's just focus on me, get my family back, which is not how this works, Sonny. So we'll see what that happens. And then in walks Scotty, who was not invited, but decides that he's going to crash the memorial with Robert Scorpio, which I didn't know they were friendly like that, but it was cute seeing them together. And he says he needs a few cocktails to do so and antagonizes Sonny. And Sonny is just waiting. Like, he's just waiting for a problem. He needs a reason to snuff somebody. And you just kind of see them going at it, which is really funny, really just cute. I love their banter. I love that they hate each other all these years. And I just love that they play so well off each other, too. So then in walks Victor, which we'll get into why he was there, because he got kicked out of the Haunted Star. He showed up with whatever his the bodyguard's name is, Johan. Laura called him a Dover, which was really funny. <laughs> he shows up unwanted, ends up leaving, and ends up at Charlie's. And then he walks in talking about the crime boss and the ambulance chaser in so many words. And they got they have at it. They all have at it. Frankie gets snuffed somehow. Johan handle, handles all of them. Sonny tells Carly, oh, me and uh me and Scotty teamed up and kinda I don't know what he said, but gave Vic a run for his money, which Victor was the only one who left unscathed. Everyone had a eye a busted lip, a busted eye, and Vic's the only one who left unscathed. So I don't know what Sonny's talking about there. But um those were good scenes. I think those were the first scenes that we saw Sonny and Victor together in a scene. And Sonny was so mad that he was laughing. It just, he just reminded me of like one of my cousins or my uncles, like seeing one of us laugh. And it's like, let me go smack him. Keep laughing before I smack you. <laughs> it was just so funny. I was cracking up this whole episode. Um, it was just good to see. I loved to see. It reminded me of the scene in the Bronx Tale, the biker brawl the biker bar brawl in the Bronx tale where Sonny in the movie comes in and handles it because the bikers are acting up. So that, a nod to the Bronx tale. You got really, really good Tracy and Alexa scenes. Um, I love, you know, they're best friends in real life. So I hear, so I'd love that they were able to, I guess not really call a truce, but for Luke, Alexis tells her, you know, I forgave you for you. I forgave you for Luke. I forgave you for me. Everyone deserves second chances. And Tracy, you know, kind of acknowledging, like, I don't know how you're still here trying to, like, help me out when I did what I did to you. You know, so women to women, they were like, listen, let's just, let's get this done. So I thought that was really good. Um, I love them together. I love their acting. 
I thought it was cute seeing like Ava kind of reprimand Spencer and Nick. Not surprising, but cute because she got to talk to Nick like he's a little kid because he's a little kid. Um, he acts like one at least. So those were good scenes. And um, you got like small scenes with people, but impactful. You know, Spencer's like going after Nick and then he makes Victor proud by saying, you know, a true gentleman doesn't stay where he's wanted, something along those lines. And then he gets really intrigued by when Tracy wants to give Laura, I'm jumping a little bit, but when Tracy wants to give Laura the ice princess ring or whatever that is, and uh, he gets real intrigued by it. So I don't think that's the end of that. Something's going to come out of that. And I don't know if we're going to get another story again out of it, but um, something's definitely going to come out of that because um, Spencer is triggered now. Um, but it was cute, Laura reminiscing with Luke to Curtis. That was cute that Curtis was there for him just saying, you know, we were in each other's lives. We were on, we were off. And he fell in love with Tracy. I fell in love with Kevin. But it was still, they were still each other's greatest loves. I think, what what do they say on Sex in the City? You get three great loves. And uh, Luke was one of Laura's and Laura's was one of Luke's for sure. We get Helena talk about Luke said I always told Luke I would get the last word (laughs) it was just funny because they've always had that banter between each other so it was funny that she kind of came on which I don't think she's really dead but who knows um so that was cute I don't know who this girl is Jen or Kate Smith I don't know who she is I don't really really don't want to waste time on her um the best part obviously was um Tracy throwing the ashes off the boat and then blowing in Scotty's face and he's saying he caught the bouquet. <laughs> the best, the best. I love General Hospital. I really do. Obviously, we get annoyed by some of the stories and some of the episodes, but this by far was one of the best episodes that I've seen in the past few months. Honestly, well-written, well-crafted, well-directed, well-acted, well-played. All of it, all of it, all of it was awesome. Even when, um, I'm going back, but when um, Spencer calls Luke, he was a drifter, he was a con man. And Ava got in that ASS and was like, uh, and you came from privilege and look, you still want to throw it all away. He worked his way to get to where he was. He came from nothing and look, she got in his ass about that. So that was really good too, so. I was definitely here for today's episode. I know I'm doing this a little different, but I just had to give it its own little nod. And really quick, (laughs) Um, Victor helping Phyllis kind of clean up the bar and saying sorry because he is a true gentleman. But um, he says, you know what? If you're not going to let me pay you, you're not going to let me help you. You know, let me buy your top shelf brandy. Since when? In 2022, is top shelf brandy only $55? Is it because it's only at Charlie's Pub and not at the Metro Court? And I know my brown liquors, and I'm just a little confused as to, you know, why that only costs $55. I wish I could find Top Shelf Brady for only $55. All right, now let's recap the week. I'm going to start with some of the smaller storylines, at least for me. Some storylines we didn't really see a lot of, maybe one or two days of, and then I'm gonna get into the big stuff. Um, Gladys, Sasha, 
TJ Brando. Those were cute scenes. Gladys is trying. We're seeing a different side of her. Um, you know, Brando and Sasha, obviously, from what I understand, I guess, haven't really connected since the baby's funeral. They've confessed their love, but haven't really connected. And she, she's dealing and processing it just in a weird, in her own way. I don't want to say weird, but in her own way. So Gladys is really trying and Sasha's just kind of pushing her away a little. Obviously has a little bit of a pep talk with Maxie, goes back into yoga and, you know, Gladys is happy to see her. Where Brando's kind of upset because Sasha hasn't connected with him. He doesn't know how to deal with that on top of grieving for this for his son and TJ suggests therapy, which I think is a great, a great idea. You know, let's work through this. Let's work through the loss of a child. Like Brando was saying, you you know, like just seeing them take the ven the ventilator off him and the tubes off him. I mean, that was heartbreaking seeing your own kid go through that. But um now we have to navigate through what we feel for each other. Is this real? Is it just grief? Is it just because we had a baby? So I think they should w- talk through it and kind of get these feelings out. But you can't really push Sasha right now. And Brando's really trying to be a gentleman and be there, but also kind of give her her space. Everyone needs space. Everyone needs space. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens there. She was like, don't bring his name up right now, basically. And I guess I get that. I don't know if she's just keeping busy. I mean, that's how people process. They keep busy, you know, to not deal with it or not face it head on sometimes. Um, but those were cute little scenes. I don't know if we're going to keep getting nice Gladys <laughs> or if um, this is just right. You know, we're still kind of in the grieving stages. Got some quick scenes with Alexis and Harmony where she's kind of having dinner at the PC Grill with Sean, talking about the new position, celebrating the new position. Here comes Harmony. Alexis doesn't think anything of it and just invites her over. And Sean's kind of side-eyeing her, giving her a little attitude. And I thought this was a really good scene, an eye-opener for Harmony, but also for the viewers because we see Alexis kicking with her all the time. Obviously, we saw the little mishap with her and Sam, and then Sam's like, all right, just be there for her. Be consistent. Um, And then Harmony makes a good point. Like, I'm at odds with, not not that I'm at odds, but like everyone who cares about you and cared about Christina obviously don't care too much for me right now and is looking behind their back when it comes to me, which is true. And Harmony's like, it's just a lot. (laughs) Is this worth it? Like, is it worth it? Or am I going to just work hard to be in your life and be your friend? So I understand that. And Alexis is more concerned about like, Sam's an adult, but who I'm really more concerned about is Christina, as she should be. So we'll see what happens there. These are going to be really good scenes once this all comes out. But I heard... Maurice post Maurice Bernard posted on Twitter that there's really good scenes with him and Cynthia Watros who plays Nina and Laura Ray who plays Carly. I don't know if they're all in the scene together or he has separate scenes with them. But um Christina got bigger fish to fry, <laughs> in my opinion. But again, really good eye opener. 
So who set Frankel Studio on fire? Don't really care, but I do. <laughs> because if Peter has his sticky hands all over this, which Cam thinks, which Cam is very smart, intuitive, um, that means he's trying to get rid of all evidence that ties him to that murder. Um, still can't get with Finn and Liz. There's something about it, something not meant to be, because every time they want to do something or they want to go on a date or they want to hang out, something happens, i.e. this time Marshall having a heart attack, which we'll get into. So I don't know if the show is playing this, like it's just not meant to be, or if they're just doing this buildup, this slow buildup for them. Um, I like the scenes where, um, we'll get into this, but obviously Cam gets, him and Joss get caught like sneaking into Jax's house and Liz has to come and go pick him up and everything. So I thought it was really cute that him, her and Cam were kind of sitting there talking, saying, you look happy, you look happy too. And they're happy for each other. But then she starts questioning him about, I hope you're using protection. I hope you're being safe. And he just walks out. I thought we would get more conversation about that, but we didn't. Um, but I do want to see that conversation happen, just like I want to see it happen again with either Carly and Jocelyn or Jocelyn and even maybe Sunny. I don't know, maybe bad timing, but I want to see Jocelyn have that conversation again. She's an adult, so I don't think it's going to be a whole, you know, birds and the bees, two-hour story arc. I think we had a conversation when Carly was pregnant. And Joss was at in Niagara Falls with Oscar, and they had that conversation then. But still, Carly didn't really elaborate much on that. She was just like, I hope you're being safe, and okay. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then, you know, you have Finn telling Chase about the whole Peter thing, which we could have done without a recap, and we could have done without a flashback. What I do like about these scenes is that Chase does not have a badge. He's technically off the clock and is not has no obligation to the PCPD to tell them that Finn was the one who kind of pushed Peter down the stairs. So I do like that. And I also like that Martin stopped Peter in his tracks when Peter thought he was going to kind of get one up on Finn. So... Yeah, Peter thought he was going to get one up on Finn. He was antagonizing Finn. Just so funny. I mean, he Wes Ramsey does really good when he's antagonizing people. And it's actually really funny. But I like the fact that no one can really control him. He has a lot of resources. He's dangerous. He is what he is. He always kind of gets away. But the fact that somebody like Martin Gray put him in his place and let him know, no, you're going to listen to me. If you want to get off, if you want to win this, you're going to listen to me and you're not going to say anything about Finn, okay? The only reason this all happened was because he poisoned his brother. Do you want to open up that can of worms? And Peter's like, with his hands up, like, all right, you you know, I'll bite. This is, I'll follow your lead. But he says he does got something up his sleeve just in case, an accomplice, and which I think is Victor, and I think he's going to throw Victor under the bus. <laughs> I thought he meant that when he said accomplice, I thought he was going to say, well, I know Liz was his accomplice. But no, I think he's going to throw Victor into the bus. They're not loyal to each other at all whatsoever. So this is really funny. But yeah, the fear of him getting off is the fact that Gladys is not a credible 
witness. <laughs> she lied the first time. So he's going to get off. I don't know what's going to happen with the baby, but he's definitely going to get off. Speaking of the baby, um, we got a lot of Brooklyn chase with Maxie this week. Maxie talking to Felicia at yoga. Felicia confronted her. Like, I know the conversation you had with Peter about me not being a mom. And Maxie was like, I was young and dumb. Stop. You're a great mom. And now that I'm a mom, I understand the sacrifices you had to make. So Felicia's like, good. So why don't you go to Potok, wherever they call that? And she's like, no, not happening. Then Felicia goes to Austin. (laughs) Like, hey, just kind of basically I'm sizing you up. My daughter talks about you. And how can you help us? Because I know you were one of the other, the last people to see the baby and Maxie and help her. So how can you help me? And Austin, cute scenes. I like that she was kind of sizing him up, trying to get to know him, asking him questions. And cute scenes because Austin's like, whatever you need. We'll go to Politech, whatever you need. I'm there. I'll go. And Maxie kind of walks up creeping on the conversation, like, why are y'all talking about me? And then eventually was like, all right, well, <laughs> I need to be a distraction so that you guys, because basically Felicia and Inner are too good at what they do. So she wants to mess up the tracks. So, all right, if Austin's going to go, I'll go. I'll be a distraction and I'll try to mess all this up for you guys so it doesn't lead back to Bailey Louise. Meanwhile, before Maxie shows up at the hospital, she goes to, um, Brooklyn and Chase's crib, aka Jack's old house, because Brooklyn has to tell Maxie, listen, Tracy knows what's up. She's on to us. It was either flee the country or stay for free at Jax's house. So we're gonna stay here. And Maxie has a point. She's completely 100 percent right when she says, Listen, Tracy knows, Chase knows. I mean, come on. Like when is Peter gonna find out? He's not stupid. She has a point. And What's going to happen next? Like, I just feel like take her out of town. Should have took her out of the country, honestly, for all this. Would have been better off. But that's not going to happen. I'm totally, totally shipping Brooklyn and Chase. I think they're cute. I like their banter. I like the slow build. I like how it's happening. He is so cheesy around her. She's so kind of cheesy around him, but kind of still has her guard up. And I thought it was very humbling for Brooklyn to hear Chase tell him, like, you know, Brooklyn's cool and all, but I mean, I heard some horror stories and she might not even be my type. Like in so many words, he's like, I'm probably too soft for her. <laughs> in so many words. Um, any, 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 any girl who hears that from someone she's possibly crushing on, that's devastating. And she's like, get out. And he leaves and um, gets bullied by Sonny, who really needs to mind his business. <laughs> anyway, um, and then she hears a noise and that's when Joss and Cam come in. And she didn't really break in. I'm sure she has a key. That's her dad's house, which I thought it was really cute. And um, all I got to say about that is um, I don't want to see surfboards all over this house. So I hope Brooklyn redecorates. She got enough clothes as it is, which I only see two of the three same rotating outfits. We don't see all these shoes or clothes, but cute. Cute little scene. Cute little writings on the boxes there. Um, And then obviously they have wine by the fireplace after a long day and just kind of kiki it up so i hope that turns into something what i thought was funny and i wrote this in my notes what if obviously maxi gets bailey louise back and something deep and strong forms between chase and brooklyn and then brooklyn gets pregnant and nobody wants to nobody believes her (laughs) because it's gonna come out that she faked the pregnancy 
everyone still thinks she's actually pregnant. It's going to come out that she faked the pregnancy. So if she does get pregnant again, no one's going to believe her. So that's going to be a funny story. And then you got Valentina and at Kelly's chatting it up real quick, catching up. And, you know, she was like, listen, you know, do me a favor. And Valentina's, I'm already on, Valentina's like, I'm already on it. You want me to get close to Victor to kind of see what he's up to and basically, you know, make sure he is on a very thin line. And he claims he had this conversation with Laura about it, which we didn't see on camera or I missed it. I don't know, but I didn't see that. I would have loved to see that conversation. Um, so that's cool, right? Didn't see that coming. Well, which I also didn't see coming is that he was very open and honest to Anna about like, but one thing we are in agreement on is that we're going to together ranch up Brooklyn. And I said this to you the last pod over before it started, because Anna's like, wait, hold up. You're not that person. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> we haven't changed. That's why we care about each other. So... I want to know what revenge looks like. I hope it's not danger, death, or anything like that, because Victor's a lot. So we'll see what happens there. But I knew it. it there's a weird attraction between them. I, I think they're cute and everything. I think when Valentine is not being a complete villain, it works for them, even though Valentine plays a really good villain. But Anna's not here for it. Anna's not here for it. So we'll see what happens. I like them together, but I wouldn't mind an Anna Victor pairing. I would I actually Victor has chemistry with a lot of these women. I wouldn't mind Anna Victor. I wouldn't mind Ava Victor. I wouldn't mind. I mean, if Carly's gonna go on a little rendezvous for these next few months, I wouldn't mind Carly Victor. <laughs> um, he has great chemistry. He's just so good at what he does. I know I rant and rave about him every week, but we'll see what happens there. This, I am proud, actually, and happy that this made it to one of the last two storylines for me. Epiphany, Curtis, Marsha, Portia, Um, I'll tell you why. We, didn't, we still didn't get the whole story when it comes to Marsha, but obviously he's sick and he's hiding something. Whether it be terminal or not, that's still yet to be determined. But I loved that they're giving they gave epiphany some time they gave epiphany a story they're give they gave her range you know we get to see that she's a great nurse she loves what she does and she loves the relationship she's built but she really wanted to be a doctor and marshall is like why give up on that it's not too late it's not too late he does he does seem a little pushy he did seem a little pushy and she's like yo just chill but I like that they're giving her, they gave her that little monologue um, and that he's into her. He made it up. He made up that his wrist hurt, which when he, the papers fell, he was quick to pick him up for her. And she's like, this is how you trying to bag me. <laughs> this how you trying to bag me. This was, this was, this was it. Um, it worked out, obviously. You know, they go to the PC grill. Good choice. Metro Court would have been top-notch, but PC Grill is good. I'm glad he didn't take her to, like, Charlie's or Kelly's or something. Not for a first date. So he does have good taste in the gentleman. Um, and all is good. And, you know, they're having their little date while Finn and Liz are having their little date. Just, uh, I can't get into it. I just, it, the, the questions were corny. I'm sorry. Everything about that date was just, I wasn't into it as far as Finn and Liz. So I just wanted to know what Epiphany and Marshall kept talking about, really. 
Um, obviously there was a reason why they were there. And they get to talking and she's like, all right, you asking me all these questions. What about you? What's the deal with Curtis? And boom, he has a heart attack, which I laughed because at first I was like, is he really faking a heart attack just so he could get off the topic? <laughs> but no, he really had something going on. Um, I don't know if he threatened a doctor. I don't know what happened, but there was an arrangement and the doctor said something about like, oh, we just got to get a medication, him and medication along those lines. And Epiphany's like, you sure it's not something more serious? So I don't know if they were propping this story up so that Epiphany could question the doctor. We could kind of see her skills there where it's kind of like, you know, doctor, is it her against the doctor? Or, you know, we're going to see this evolve now. We're going to see Epiphany really go for this now as far as the doctor's concerned, being a doctor's concerned. Or were they propping the story up because like Marshall said, oh, we got an arrangement, we got an understanding, it's all good. Um, so I'm curious to know if he threatened the doctor or what's going on there. Obviously, it's way more than we know. And all of a sudden, Curtis cares for his dad. On Monday, he's talking to Laura, which I love their friendship. I think it's very special. I love that Donnell Turner had that opportunity with Jeannie Francis and that they could play so well off each other. And he really, he didn't hold anything. And he told her everything about what he feels, who this guy is. He was not closed off at all. As He was more open with her the first time talking about it than he was with Portia, FYI. Um, and she's trying to, like, help him understand. And, you know, like, I get where you're coming from, but try to understand. And, you know, do you really want to kind of let this opportunity pass by staying mad? Basically something along those lines. Um, and then he's talking to Drew, and Drew all of a sudden Drew knows mob language and tries to kind of like help him and give him advice on his dad. Also, when he's talking about Portia, he's smiling ear to ear, which I think is cute. I think that was cute, even though I still don't ship them, but that was cute that when they talk about each other, they're like smiling. All the while, Portia and Terry. Obviously, Portia Terry lives at the hospital. Liz, Liz is leaving to go on her date. And Portia is setting Terry up on a dating app, which takes way more than 30 seconds. Even if it was like a blind date one, it still it should take more than 30 seconds because you got to talk about yourself. So I thought that was like so unrealistic, but whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden, everyone finds out Marshall's sick and Curtis goes running to the hospital. He's taking everyone for being there for him. And all of a sudden, he cares about his dad. I get it. In a time like this, you realize what's, you realize what's important and what's not. But I would still be mad. I'd be like, okay, glad he's okay. Glad he got the help he need. I still need answers. What's up? So I would still be feeling some sort of way. It wouldn't just all go out the door. Um, I thought, you know, poor uh, Curtis catches a little drug deal <laughs> with two men in suits. <laughs> it was just so funny. It was just so funny because, I mean... You will be surprised how these creme de la creme men in their Easter Sunday suits still like to go skiing on the slopes. And that's real life. That is real life. So I thought it was funny that it wasn't like, you know, two hobos off the street or anything like that. It was straight suited up men. Um, and I mean, it, also in real life, that happens at a club, a sophisticated club like the Savoy. So... I just thought that was funny how they did it. I mean, these people know what's up. Not me. Not saying me at all. I'm just saying 
you, you, you get a range of people who do that. And I think it's really funny that they pick two very suited men to be the ones doing a drug transaction. Um, and then Portia's kind of still walking on eggshells a little bit when she asks Curtis, what's up, what's going on, what's wrong. If it was me and my man, and we had already did whatever, and we were already talking for almost a year at this point, I'd be all up in his face, like, oh my gosh, is you not okay? What do you need? I'm a doctor. Whatever you need, I'll be here for you. Like, I would be all up in his face, and I know she's just trying to, like, be careful, and, like, I don't want to be smothering you, and he's like, no, I'm glad it's you that's here, yada, 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 but I think she does still walk on eggshells between, um, around him, and I don't know if that has to do with the whole Trina thing, him being Trina's dad thing, or if it's just how they're writing her and playing her, but I can't ship them, and I know, I and I want to. I liked Curtis and Jordan, you know? I still think that Portia and Nicholas are going to get their day. You heard it here first. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I laugh, but I cry inside. All right. The week starts off with Carly's supervised visit, visits with the girl, which Sunny supervises. <laughs> I just, at this point, we know that any opportunity he can get to be around Carly, he's going to take. So instead of him going in the kitchen, chefing it up, making some pancakes because the girls were off that day, he wants to be in the vicinity of the visit so he can get close to Carly. I get that. I understand that. Um, I understand everything. I really understand both parts. Basically, the girls don't have school. They go skiing or whatever. Um, I love how you see they're up and down. I love how she's like, don't forget your mittens. And then Sunny's like, Pilar never forgets their mittens. Because he's mad, obviously. He's resentful that she didn't stay. She wasn't there last night. And then he's like, I missed you. And she's like, I missed you too. <laughs> you know? So you see the up and down and the rage and the roller coaster of their feelings, their emotions, this whole separation thing. It's so real. This is what I really love about this. And what I really love about Carson is Will I marry somebody five times ever? Probably not. But the angst and the drama and the love and the passion and the anger and sadness that they have or have had over the course of 20 plus years is just so real and relatable sometimes. And then the actors just make it 10 times better because they play it that good. Anyway, he knows he has this pull on Carly. He's like, I missed you. It's only been one night. I can't do this. And she's like, I miss you too. Like, don't question this. The, like, the, I love you and this is why this is happening. Don't ever question this. And it's not fair though because he's like, well, what is this, over? <laughs> Her, literally, it's been one day she comes to see the girls. He's like, what's up? What are we doing? And I know he's in his manic state. So I know a lot of that has to do with that. But it's just really sad to see she's not beat. She's doing this on her own time, however she feels like she needs to handle this. And I feel bad. And I wrote this in the notes, in my notes about, you know, she's like, I don't know if she noticed something or it was just the email. Like he said, don't, don't, don't change the subject. When she asked him about like, oh, I was tagged in the email with your meds. And he's like, don't change the subject. What are we doing here? I don't know if she noticed something about him. Or if she really was trying to change the subject. My point is here. Yes, they are married. They're each other's other half, better half. Call it what you will. And right now, he can't function without Carly. That's what's happening. The reality is he has these residual feelings towards Nina, which he claims don't mean nothing. 
and he's home alone with his kids. He's not getting his abode, if you will, with his wife and kids. He's not having these cozy, fuzzy family moments. He doesn't have Carly there to kind of keep him up. And if they're going to work, and if they're going to get through this, he needs to figure this out on his own. She doesn't always be, need to be there to remind him to take his medicine. He needs to go through, like, he needs to go through life and be able to go through life on his own. He has to love himself first, obviously, for them to work out. And it's not fair for Carly to kind of take all of that in. Yes, as a married unit, and I think I said this last week, as a married unit, you're there for each other, you support each other. You're, you know, in so many words, you finish each other's sentences. I get that. But he's a grown man who needs to take accountability for himself and his bipolar disorder. And he needs to take his medicine. And it shouldn't have to be always Carly reminding him. So I get why she kind of needs her time, if you will. But I kind of understand what Sammy's saying. Like, we got to go through it to get through this. Like, how are we going to do this apart? Obviously... That's not how he wants to handle it or he can handle it where that's how she's handling it and processing it. But if they're not talking about it, if they're kind of bickering every time they see each other and they, yes, I love them. And Carly makes really good points every time she's talking to someone else or him, but they do sound like a little bit of a broken record. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, she has the conversations with Sam. And I got a lot out of that. But what I did get out of that is she's right. Like, someone who hurt me like that, how can you have feelings or try to still protect someone who hurt me like that? Why are we not seeking revenge? The Sunny you know, like she told Sam, tell me the last time something, tell me if somebody could do this to Sunny and he was just going to let, let them go scotch free. No way. That's not the Sunny we know, so I get it, you know, but she also has to understand, like Bobby said to her, you were apart from your family from nine months, you were a different person from nine months, you probably won't be the same person coming back, and Carly's like, I know, I understand that, but he came back a different person with feelings for a different person, so completely understand her angst and her sadness there, um, you know, he basically, in so many words, goes to Dante and is like, all right, she had two days. That's it. It's over. What's up? <laughs> you know, he's obviously going through it. You see it. He's so good at what he does in his acting because he doesn't make sense in some of the things he's saying. Even when he said to Laura, like, I know this isn't a good time, but I could talk to you more about the threat that Cyrus made or the warning. And she's like, okay, another time. Like, she looked at him like, okay, you're off right now. Um, and he tells Dante, like, I took your advice. That didn't help. Thanks, bro. Like, <laughs> not only is he's Dante's, is Dante his soundboard, Dante's also his punching bag. But it's good to see the scenes. It's good to see them together more in adult scenes, even though Sunny's not really acting like the adult. Um, and I, I kind of enjoyed the Carly and Sam scenes. I liked everything about it. I liked how she came in with the beer. I liked how she's like, all right, let's start over. Hi, Carly. Hi, Sam. And she just spills. It's like girl talk. And they play it so well because Sam's like kind of just listening. And Carly's just going on and on and on, just being herself, being her. So they were able to have that time. 
I did like that. I did not like Michael and Drew. I didn't understand it. I felt like even though they had a little bit of some sort of disagreement at the Q mansion last week in the kitchen, he said, I love you both. Just give mom time. So I thought that that was kind of a, Dave came to an agreement. I guess I'm, I guess they didn't. Michael's still mad. Like he's out being very overprotective over Carly. I get that. And then you have Drew there. Like, yeah, I was able to talk to your mom and kind of fangirling over Carly. Like, I didn't think she was going to talk to you, but she did. And Michael's like, well, I'm glad you were there for her. And then, but also trying to push Drew off the sand. Like, what's good? <laughs> like nothing going on there. Um, I don't know. I just, a lot of people are like saying um, it's going to be Drew, Carly, and family versus Sunny. I don't see Drew really getting in the middle of that. And I don't think that they bought Kim and Matheson back to be a part of that again. But I don't want to be in denial if something does pop off between Carly and Drew. I don't see it, but I don't want to be in denial about it if it does happen. I don't want to be taken by surprise, so I'm just going to accept it if that's where it's going. What I can't accept is Brit going to Nina. I get you need help with Brad. I know that's your BFF. And like Nina said, you don't got a lot of friends. So who are you talking about? Must be Brad. <laughs> and she got the nerve to tell Brit, like he kept Michael's son from his family. How do you think Sonny's going to feel? Um, like, I know that was another nod to the audience. Like, are you kidding me, Nina? Like, I'm sure everyone watched that. Everyone who watched that gasped because it's kind of like, okay, but you're okay for keeping Sonny away from his family for nine months. You freaking hypocrite. I was yelling at the TV. Um, Nina, you know, she said it. And that's it. Sonny loves Carly. Carly loves Sonny. And the story, that's what matters. And, you know, Britt's like, are you sure? Are you sure there's a marriage to see? Are you sure that that's really what's happening? What if what it i from word around town is their marriage is like a prison like who's word around town who told you that you you must not live in the same town you must not live in poor charles right now they're going through it like every marriage goes through it doesn't mean they're in a prison um then she calls sunny like well if you're not going to handle it i am and then she calls sunny avery picks up and it's like neither my mom or dad are here and out of that somehow out of that conversation she said, I think Carly moved out. Like, from a six-year-old, stop it. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not here for this. I know Britt is trying to get what she wants and help Brad. Just go to Carly. Everyone, just go to Carly. Why are you going to Nina to talk to Sunny and even push them to even have some sort of conversation? It was just very annoying. So, after we see these scenes these aftermath scenes of Carly and Brett kind of connected. And then we see her going to Nina about break them up. Who cares? And then you got Nina talking about, yeah, I'm tired of being the other woman without the perks. Cause you want to ride that. You know what? I cannot believe you. You are a homewrecker and you, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. He's going to get tired of it. He's not going to keep waiting around for Carly. She's going to keep beating him up. He's not going to keep taking it. And he also not going to keep taking his meds and he's just going to slip into bed with Nina that's what's gonna happen unfortunately I don't want to see it happen because I feel like their marriage is way more than just another affair it's just way more than him falling in the bed with somebody because I feel like it's way more than that they could do a lot with this storyline like get him back 
on his meds, send him to Shady Brook, have him work through what's been happening there. Then I could see where he has like counseling sessions with Christina, counseling sessions with Carly and the family, Jocelyn, Michael. Like I could see that happen. I don't, I think it's their marriage and this show and Sunny being bipolar, Maurice being bipolar. I think they could go in a totally different direction where it becomes very impactful. I don't want to see him slip into bed with Nina, but who knows? The best line this whole week was Carly telling Sam, we went through it, we grieved him while they were having barn dances and barbecues. <laughs> Ain't that right? Ain't that right? And Sunny wearing, wearing a flannel was a tragedy and all of it too. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Her also venting to Sam, which made Sam feel a little uncomfortable when she's like saying, you know, when um, me and Jason were about to uh, kind of get it on and Sunny came back, like we permanently closed the door, permanently closed the door. Again, I think telling the viewers, Charlie's over. And, you know, Carly telling, Sunny telling Dante, like when I came back, she chose me. She chose me. So what's the problem? I'm choosing her. But I guess their definition of choosing each other is totally different right now. I don't agree with Carly, her saying there's no marriage to save. I don't agree with Britt saying their marriage is a prison. There there might not even be a marriage, uh, you know, a home to wreck. I don't agree with any of it. I think they could work through this. I think if they do this well, it won't be another redundant car sit makeup, makeup to break up. I think they could really work through his emotional issues her emotional issues forget nina the fact that nina only was on one day this week and her name rang bell through the whole week obviously is telling us something don't know what yet but we'll see we the writing is all over the wall guys anyway i'm done here this was this one was a little lengthy i had lots to say but um have a great weekend have a great week and like, comment, rate, review, share, please. Like I said, I'm open to any and all feedback. Um, just really want to get into dialogue with you guys on this. So please leave a comment. If I'm wrong about any of this or you're frustrated because I got something wrong, comment on the pod, comment on Instagram, send me a DM. Either way, thank you so much for tuning in and listening every week. And again, have a great weekend.